Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Go with me for a few moments this morning. I want to go to Psalms chapter 63. Psalms chapter 63. I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. Psalms chapter 63. Sharing something that um, just really have have stirred my heart this week and and really challenged me if I if I could say that and 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 it started last week in our service you know um um when pastor Ben was preaching last week and and he talked about running how many of you were here last week and 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 he talked about how the prophet had to run after what he wanted run and and that word run that's the beautiful thing about the power of the word of God and the spirit of God one word could set you off just one that word run I couldn't sh- run it just grabbed my spirit run and, and and I began to ask myself are you running like you used to run are you pursuing like you used to pursue just that one run and I just kept here run run and run. So I'm going to be sharing some things that, that after just meditating on that and going to the word of God and, and this passage of scripture came to my heart regarding it. So I want, I want to look at it and I'm going to share a few things from it this morning. Are you ready? Psalm 63 verse 1. It says, what I love about it, it says, notice the, 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 the topic of it. It says, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. It says, oh God, you're my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because your love and kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus, I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, notice that I'm thinking about you in the morning. I'm thinking about you at night. I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. I'm going to read a little bit more. But those who seek my life to destroy it shall go down into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be my portion for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory. Because, but the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. And I'm going to end right there. Um, I, I, I thought about something um, as, as I was looking at this is... I often watch my son Jacob, who um, it's my fault that I've um, blessed him with several devices that become huge distractions in his life, um, video games and, and, and little things like that. And I'm amazed that, that how, as I, as I watch time pass and how the technology increased, how these video games become more and more realistic. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The Xboxes and Playstations and things of that sort. But I was thinking about looking at him and I thought when I was a child, we had nothing that compared to come close to the things that kids have now to play with. And being where I grew up um, in the 
country in the backwoods of northeast Georgia. And that, may, that, that language that I just even spoke in doesn't even resonate with half of you. But, um, but, but growing up where I grew up and, 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 and having a very humble beginning with my family, we, I, I mean, toys and specifics were, were, were few and far between. So we made the best of what we had. You know, we didn't have a beach, but we had a creek. See, some of you don't even know what that is. We didn't have palm trees, but we had big oak trees, you know, that, that we would climb. And all these things, we didn't have the nice parks that Irvine has and all, all this stuff in beach. We had creeks. We had lakes. Lakes was the beach where I lived at. And, and, and it was, you know, and I thought the gray, dark green lake was a beautiful sight until the first time I ever went to the beach. And like, Lord, I've been deceived all of my life. That's, that's, that's muddy. That's dirty. That's nasty. I mean, when, when you see, when you see a catfish and you think that's amazing, I mean, anyway, but my point is this. And so a lot of our entertainment came from being really creative. And there was a common game that we would often play and some may play it now, but they may have changed the name. But how many, of you know, ever played tag, you know, in a tag? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we didn't have all the toys and scooters and things like that, but we did have feet. We could run and we could climb. And so tag was one of our main, main games that we played. And I remember playing tag. And, and how many you know the person that, that was always it? Tag your it. It was the it person. And I always loved tagging the it that you know who couldn't run, who was the slowest one. Because they'd get frustrated and aggravated because they couldn't ever catch anybody. They, they, then they get, then they got start crying. And then say, okay, I'll be it for you. But the point I'm making, the whole theme of that game, if you think about it, it was all, it was all about an individual pursuing someone with the, with the attempt and the goal in mind that once I, there's the pursuer and the one that's being pursued. And once I pursue, I pursue them to I, to I finally get them. And when I tag them or touch them, how many know there's a transaction that takes place or there's a, a, a change that takes place? It goes from the pursuer now becomes the one being pursued by the one that he tagged. And when, it, when you say tag, you're it. I was coming after you, but now after I've tagged you, it's your turn to come after me. See, when you just tagged them, they didn't just stand there and say, okay, I'm it. No, you have to turn the moment you're tagged. And if you were real good, you, you know, you would try to get close, tag you and you try to hit them right back and say, no, you're it. But you understood that the, the whole theme of the game was when they immediately tagged me. It was then my turn that I would turn and begin to go after or pursue them. And that's what I want to talk to you this morning about. Because that's exactly what Jesus Christ did when he died on the cross at Calvary. When he came into this world and paid the price for all of sin... When you, he entered into your heart and he saved you and you became born again. What Jesus, in a sense, was saying, tag, you're it. I came after you. Now it's your turn to come after me. Can I get a big amen right there? 
I chose this particular text here in Psalm 63 because David, the scripture said, as you notice in the title, he had found himself in a wilderness. The Bible said that his son Absalom had brought a great rebellion against him and his people. And there were many of them who had fleed at that time. And they found themselves in the wilderness of Judah. It is in this place that he found himself. The scripture said that he penned Psalm 63. And the thing that I want you to recognize is notice that here is a guy who's in a wilderness. Here is a guy who's on the run. Here is a guy that is dealing with a whole revolt and rebellion of the kingdom. He's got family issues and, and circumstances around him are totally contrary to what he anticipated. But the Bible said he penned these words. And the thing that I want you to recognize and notice when you read through Psalm 63, unlike a lot of texts in the scripture, you find no petition. In other words, you don't find him asking for anything. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you? There is no petition. But what you do find that the main focus and the main priority of this entire text, it shows us that J David has one thing in mind. He's longing. He's thirsting. He's seeking and he is pursuing God in this entire text. If you were to divide it into three sections, I put these little sub points that if verses one through four, God's my desire. Verses five through eight, God's my delight. And verses nine through 11, God's my defense. And it's all about him. Not one time he said, can you bless me with this? Can you do this for me? But he said, Lord, the one thing, I know everything around me is a mess. I know everything around me is messed up. But in this position and in this state that I'm in, the one thing that I'm after is you and your presence. I, I know I got a lot of stuff going on, but I'm, 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 you've tagged me with your presence. You've tagged me with your love. And even in the hardest time of my life, my number one focus and priority is to thirst and hunger and pursue and seek after you. I want you to understand this psalm shows us that David's number one priority in life was always to seek God. My question to you this morning, is it still a priority in your life to seek God? Is he still first and foremost in your life? Is he still number one? Does he still hold that, 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 that rightful place in your heart? Is he pilot or co-pilot? Is he in the driver's seat of your life or the back seat of your life? Where is God in your life right now? Where is your pursuit of him? Is it the number one thing that you long for and thirst for and desire more than anything? What you have to understand, number one, if you're taking notes, what this scripture teaches us to is that we have the privilege of pursuit. If you want to take notes, what do you mean by that? Understand that, as I said in my story, the only reason why this morning that we're able to pursue him and come after him is because he first pursued us. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 1, he chose us in the beginning in the, of, of the foundations of the world. John 15 says we didn't choose him. He chose us first from first uh, John 4 and 18 says we love him because he first loved us even in the garden even even in the beginning when when mankind fell when Adam failed and Eve failed in the garden I want you to remember the Bible said God came walking in the cool of the day the voice of the Lord came walking saying Adam where are you notice all the way from the beginning it was God that initiated the pursuit that he was 
coming after his lost. He was coming after his son. He was coming after his daughter. In the book of Ezekiel, it calls him the seeking shepherd. He said, I will search out my sheep. I will go out and find those who had been scattered. And when I find them, he said, I will bring them up. I will bring them out and I will bind them and heal them. He said, I will go myself, the seeking shepherd, and seek out my children and seek out my sons and my daughters. And when I begin to think about everything that Christ went through to seek us, how is it that we find every excuse not to seek him? When you think about his pursuit of you, think of everything that he went through to come to you and I. Think of coming down from heaven. The Bible said he humbled himself. The Bible said he became a servant. The Bible said that he he counted his reputation with God as pretty much none. He laid it all down to come down into the very thing that he created. He walked through persecution. He walked uh, through through being alienated and exocommunicated, talked about, made fun of. And even when you get to his persecution, he was willing to be tied to a whipping post where he was beaten to a bloody pole, carried across all all the way to Calvary. And if that wasn't enough, then he hung high, the scripture said, after being wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, carrying the chastisement of our peace. But guess what? He did none of that because he all for himself, but he did it for you and I. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Everything that he went through was so that he can come and seek you and I. And the good thing about that is, is, is I'm not trying to make you feel bad in any form or fashion. It's a good thing that he was willing to go through anything to pay the price for our sins, to pay the price for our redemption. And guess what? He is not changed. He will still go through anything today to get to his loss, to get to his broken. There is no sin. There is no situation that he's intimidated by. He'll walk in crack houses. He'll go in the strip clubs. He'll go in the back alleys. He'll walk up into the top level of an executive office into the desk where the the CEO is sitting. He's got everything in the world, but yet he's empty on inside, feeling like killing himself, depressed in his mind, but he'll walk right up there in the upper echelon and say, if you will turn your heart to me, I will bring you up. I will bring you out. I will bind you. I'm talking about the one who sought you first. And now he says, tag, you're it. It's a privilege to be able to pursue God. David uses the word seek. He said the word seek means to desire earnestly. It means to crave. It means to pursue. It means to inquire. It means to reach him in prayer and and worship and yearn for him and to have a greedy appetite, one, one definition said. In other words, God said, will you earnestly come after me? Will you crave me again? Will you pursue me again? Will you inquire like you've never inquired before? Will you reach out in prayer and worship like you've never did before? Will you come after me with a greedy appetite? The Bible even said that God looks down from heaven unto man and seek and and he's looking for those that would seek him psalms 42 the bible said this it didn't say that but my point is this pursuing him is listen to me is not automatic it must be intentional first chronicles 22 19 says listen to this now set your heart and your soul to seek the lord your god You hear what he said? Set your heart 
In other words, you have to make a conscious choice. You have to make a conscious decision. It has to be up to you that I am going to pursue him. I am going to seek it. I've got to set my heart and I've got to set my soul. Understanding your wife can't do it for you. Your husband can't do it for you. Children, young people, students, your parents can't do it for you. Church, can I say this? Your pastors cannot do it for you. You have to set your heart and set your mind that you will go after God. The days are over and said, no, pastor, you touch heaven for me. Pastor, you go to God for me. Pastor, and listen, we will and we'll pray. But the whole beauty of the New Testament Christian and follower of Christ is we can go to him for ourselves. I don't have to wait till Sunday. I don't have to wait till Wednesday night. The gates are open through the grace of God and the blood of Jesus that I can now come boldly into his throne room that I may obtain heaven and find grace in the time of need. Let's not be like the children of Israel that stay at the mountain bottom living in the low level of Christianity saying, you go get them, you go get them, you go tell us what God is saying. No, God is saying, you come up here where I am. You pursue me. I'll tell you for myself. I don't always have to get secondhand information when God's calling me to firsthand revelation. Oh, I'm going to stop there. God just doesn't want us to be content with being saved. Salvation is not just about eternal security, although that is great. But understand that salvation positions us to pursue and seek after him who has sought us first. Could it be the misconception that to believers that because I have found him, I no longer have to seek him? I've got everything that I need. I'm good. I'm okay. I've given my heart to the Lord. I came down to the altar. I prayed a prayer. I filled out a slip. I got my little gift and, and I'm good. But that is not what it's like. That is not what you just started the process. You just positioned yourself for the greatest pursuit that you could ever have in life. For the greatest journey that you could ever live. What salvation did, it puts you on the mark. And now we're saying on your mark, get set, it's time to go. It's going after him now. You're on the mark. The, oh, come on. Come on. The gunshot of the Holy Spirit has went off. And he's saying, will you take off after me? Will you come off after me? It puts you on the mark. John 17, he said, this is eternal life that you might know him, know him, know him. It is prideful. Can I just say that? And it is deception to think that just because I responded to an altar, it ends there. The Bible even says in Psalms 10, 4, that the, the wicked in his proud, in his proud countenance will not seek God. He said, pride will always keep you from seeking God. But there has to come a humility and a humbleness that says, Lord, I, I'm glad you, that that was great. But, but, but I need more. I, I need more. That just made me realize how much more I need. That what you did there, that, that's got me started. I'm ready to go, but I need more. I, I'm trying to be a father. I need more. I'm trying to be a mother. I, I need more. I'm trying to be the best worker and best employee and employee. I need more. There's some stuff in my family I've got to conquer. My marriage is not doing that well. I need more. I can't just stay right here. That is what the apostle Paul said. He says, I've got intellect. I've got wisdom. I've 
I've got knowledge. I've got education. I've got pedigree. I've got background. But I I count it all but dung that I may know him. He said, I have not apprehended that which has apprehended me. You know what he was saying? On Damascus Road, God came down in an encounter and tagged me on Damascus Road. And he said, from that moment, I still hadn't grabbed a hold to all that he is. I still have. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching unto those things, I press. I press after him. I pursue after him. I seek after him. I want to tell somebody, it doesn't stop at Damascus Road. Damascus Road is designed to change your value system, to change your priority. Now that he's tagged you, it's time for you to go after him. Will you pursue him this morning, Free Chapel? Will you go after him? Will you get greedy again for God like never before? Understand that's the privilege of pursuit. But notice what David said. You got to understand, number two, the person of pursuit. Notice what the text said. He said, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. He made it personal. You are my God, my father, my daddy. Notice this. 17 times in the first eight verses, David addresses his personal pursuit to you or your. Almost twice in every verse, he's saying, you, 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 your, 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 your. He's saying, he's showing us the person of pursuit. I'm after you. I'm longing for you. I'm hungry for you. Notice that, no, 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 not titles, you. Not positions, you. Not prestige, new. No, 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 not position, you. Not another house, you. Not another car, you. Not another opportunity, you. He said, early will I seek you. I'm looking for you. I want you above everything. I want you more than anything. And notice what he says, I want you. In other words, he said, even said in another place, one thing that I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. In other words, I want to tell you this morning, when you go to the word of God, you don't go there looking for a a sermon to preach, a lesson to teach, looking for something to always share. Because if you do, then the word becomes a tool of performance rather than a lunchbox for your spirit. But what you need to do is approach the word of God and say, I'm looking for you this morning. I'm looking for you this evening. I'm looking for you. Show me you in this text. Show me you in this word. When I get on my knees and pray and cry out, I'm looking for him. I want to see you high and lifted up. When we worship, I want to see you. And notice what David even said. He said, even when I come into your sanctuary, I want to see your power. I want to see your glory. I got to preach right here because we have polluted pursuits when we come to church because some people come in to see who's preaching, to see who's leading worship, to see themselves to be seen, seeing how they can get hooked up, seeing how they can get connected, and seeing what they can get out of service. Uh, who cares? Uh, you got to get your, oh, your pursuits purified and understand the only reason why we come in here is for one person. It's for Jesus Christ. David said, I don't care who's on the platform. I don't care who's singing. I didn't come for Jabin. I didn't 
didn't come for Javon. I didn't come for Pastor Franklin. I didn't come for Pastor Ben. I didn't come for none of y'all. I came for him. I need him. He's got my breakthrough. He's got my blessing. He's got my deliverance. He's got everything. Did anybody come for him this morning? I came to lift him up. Give Jesus a shout of praise. I'm telling you, A.W. Tozer said, there will be no manifestation of God to his people. Oh, God. Manifest, manifestation of God to his people apart from earnest seeking. There will be no manifestation. What if we came in here, every one of us that called Free Chapel our home? I'm not talking about new people. I'm not talking about visitors this morning. I'm talking about those that said, this is my house. What if we come in here and come in here with one thing in mind, that I am going to lift up Jesus. I'm going to come after Jesus. I'm going to tap into his presence. Uh, I'm not looking around. I'm looking up. It doesn't matter what she's wearing. It doesn't matter what he's driving. I came to live... Up, Jesus, what if we get in one mind and one accord in this upper room? Wonder what could happen because that's what the world wants to see. That's what the world wants to experience. They want to see his power and his glory in his house. Give Jesus a shout of praise. The atmosphere that could be created. The presence that could hit this place. The anointing that can fall. The flow that can happen. If we just come in with one mind and one accord and say, I'm after him. I'm hungry for him. I'm thirsty for him. Your hunger can translate to somebody's healing. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. Matter of fact, if you touch him, you touching him will cause him to touch others. Do you believe that? I believe that the days are gone that we just come in here doing this, this, that, and the other. Come on, set your heart on things which are above where Christ said and he will move in ways we never thought, dream or imagine why are you yelling I don't know why are you screaming because I'm passionate because I'm stirred because I pulled myself away from the usual and the normal this week and got out of the routine of weekly stuff and just said, God, I just want to be with you again. I just want to love on you again. Come on. I just pulled away and, and my heart is stirred. I, I need more of him. I didn't get here because of all this stuff. I got here because I was hungry for God. I got where I am in life because I was hungry for God. God come on. Is anybody here? It doesn't come. And I refuse to come this far and lose my hunger. I refuse to come this far and get routine and religious. God has been too good for me to stop now. Living in times people are pursuing the hands of God more than the face of God. What can you do for me? What can you do for me? What can you do, 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 do? I need you, God, to do. I need you, God, to do. And don't get me wrong. I know we pray. But do, do, do. But is that the only thing that I go to prayer is with a do list for God? Do, do, do. Maybe your do will be released when you prioritize your seek. He'll begin to do, do, do. But he's looking at you saying, seek, seek, seek. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. Lord, change that. Change this. He says, seek, seek, seek. 
seek, seek, seek. Come, come, come. Draw near, draw near. Press a little further. Come on out. Come on out. Come on. Go further than you've gone before. That praise you had last year ain't working this year. That prayer life you had last month ain't working today. Come on. That consecration you had four fasts ago, you need a fresh one. Come, come, come. Do, do, do. No, he's saying seek, seek, seek. You want scripture? I'm glad you asked. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I will add these things to you. God will add to you what others have to work for. God will add to you what others had to go to school to get. God will add to you what others had to go through classes and training to get. If you'll put him first and seek him, he'll say, I'll add it to you. The priority of his pursuit. Number three, I'm, I'm moving. Notice he said early, will I seek you? Notice that early. Early, early in the morning. I don't want to box you into to prayer paralysis or, or devotion dictatorship because I get it, people are different. And, and my time is in the morning time, and, and it may be different for other people, so especially if you work a graveyard shift or something. So, you know, you know I want, want you to hear, hear my heart in this, but he says early. David was actually saying early in the morning. In other words, he said, I start the day off like this. He's the priority. He said, before any other distractions come, before anything else come, he said, the time I open up my eye, when my eyelids release in the morning, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said, before I can let anything else come, before I have my attention, he said, early. I make it a point early to get up and come after you. Before the dew is on the grass, I'm looking to you. He said, early, but early doesn't just speak uh, 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 as a matter of time, but early also means eagerness or immediateness. In other words, early means right now. In other words, now is the time to seek him. Well, you know what? When I get out, will. When I when I, when I, no, 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 that's over. Some, let me talk to some young people that may, when I get older, I'll seek him. When I get older, I'll, I'll get serious about God. When I get in college, uh, no, 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 no. Now is the time to seek him. Right now, it's the immediate time. I need him now. I need him to move now. Well, when I get my marriage together, I'll seek. No, you need him now. Well, when I get my business, no, you need him now. He said, seek him now. And also the third thing is not only in, uh, immediately but then the third definition of early it means it, it can be translated as diligently Hebrew says he he said he said without faith it is impossible to please God but whoever comes to him must have believed that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him diligently consistently earnestly fervently passionately I'm coming he said I reward diligence not laziness diligence not slothfulness diligence oh you don't want to hear that but see that's your God listen to how good he is he says I, I, I'm looking to reward you I want to bless you do you understand how much I have for you do you understand how much is waiting you for you do you understand that on the other side of your seek is blessings that you don't have room enough to receive on the other side of your seek is things that I've been longing to pour out in other words when you seek him your labor is not in vain your labor is not in vain. He rewards those that will diligently seek him. Number th next one is the passion of pursuit. 
Notice David said, my soul thirst for you. Listen at him. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where, there's wa- where there is no water. Listen, if passion fuels your pursuit, then passivity will kill it. We can't allow ourselves to become cruise control Christians. Just casually going about life. Let me flip it over in the cruise control and just drift. Well, if God wants me to have it, he'll do it. He knows what I have need of before I ask. If he wants to bless me, he'll bless me. Where is that at? That's not scripture. That's wrong thinking that needs to be renewed. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. In its original translation, it's rendered. Keep asking. Keep uh-oh, seeking. Keep knocking. I don't stop. It's a perpetual thing that I'm doing. Daily I'm asking. Daily I'm seeking. Daily I'm knocking. You know what I realized? The asking and the seeking kind of made sense. But, but the knocking messed with me a little bit. Knocking, 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 knocking. Said I get asked, but knocking. But then it dawned on me. When he says knock, just keep knocking. I don't want to just be knocking just for the sake of knocking. But have you realized that knocking does not open up the door? Have you ever thought about that? When somebody comes to your house and they knock on the door, does the door automatically open? No. But when somebody hears the knock, it lets them know that somebody's at the door. And when they hear the knock, then the door opener come. You know, then the door opener come. But the perpetual knock is to remind the door opener that you're there. God you don't hear what I'm saying this morning. That's why you keep knocking. You say, I, I, it just seemed like, no, 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 no. Every time you knock, he says, I know you're there. You let the door opener. He says, I will open up doors that no man can close, but I need somebody to knock just to let me know that you're there. You won't get there by sitting on your blessed assurance. You won't sit there just by being casual. But if you ask, you seek, and you knock, the door opener will come. challenge myself and I wrote it in here are you as passionate in your pursuit Javon now as you were when you first met me and my mind began to think I, I, I thought about even as I was down here the forward conference I used to when I lived in Georgia I didn't live far from there when Shannon and I first got married and didn't know nothing didn't have nothing had a little video one bedroom apartment that was as big about big as this pulpit we had always turned sideways to get beside each other but I remember didn't know a whole lot about this word the Bible or anything just just a joker that just got radically saved and delivered and set free from all of my bondages and 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 not far from where the Gwinnett arena is where in a few weeks we're going to see thousands of teenagers come and encounter God 
just right up the street, not far, was a distribution center that I, I that just had just just rows of of, of the the eighteen wheeler trucks and. And I would go down through there because it was just a long space wide open and didn't know nothing. I just walked through there. Didn't know how to pray yet. Just just saying stuff. Don't even know if it made sense or not. But I would go there all the time. And sometimes I'd just sit out there, sit on one of those docks and just think about God and, and talk to him and, and love on him and, and sing, which I was making more of a joyful noise than anything because I can't sing. I thought about how times that just randomly that I would I, I, I would just go, even in Gainesville where our church now, I'd go in those backwoods and just sometimes I'd be driving my and, and this was this was before staff. This was I was just attending the church. And just go in those woods and walk and just just hang out. Sometimes I'd just take my Bible and hold it and sit there. Didn't say a whole lot, but just said, God, I'm just coming out here to be with you. And I challenge myself and it's not that I don't pray and it's not that I don't study, but, 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 but how many, you know, that, and I know at that point in time before then I was single and I was married, I didn't have children and, and as, as life changes responsibility, I get all of that. I, I really do. I really do. But David was in the same position. He had all kind of people following him. He had to make decisions. He had to make choices. He was dealing with all this rebellion and, and the church and the, well, the kingdom at that time. And he was dealing with his family and all this mess and stuff that's going on. He had to make decisions. What am I going to do? What do I do? He, he was busy. But yet in all of that, David said, I still will make time no matter what to seek you and pursue you. Sometimes your greatest blessing from God can be your greatest curse if, you, if it gets out of its proper place in your life. I remember having a, our Bible college teacher said this one time. And he said, God, can, he said, God spoke to my heart. And he said, before you were a pastor, you were a better Christian. I'll never forget when he shared that. He said, you know why? He said, because I got so busy. I got so busy doing the work of the Lord and wrapped up in the, in the, in the work of the Lord and, and pastoring and busy, 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 busy. He said, but, 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 I, but, but, but my devotion had dwindled. My devotion had came down. It wasn't where it needed to be. And he said, the Lord said, you were a better Christian before you became a pastor. Woe be unto us. If we allow the work of the Lord to become priority over the Lord of the work. I, 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 I read this this week and it said this in Jeremiah 10 and I'm about to close. He said, for the shepherds have become dull hearted. Um, he's going to tell you why. And have not sought the Lord. They, therefore, they shall not prosper. Watch this. And all their flocks shall be scattered. God said when those shepherds or it speaks of leaders or those in leadership roles. And I'm not just talking about our church, but I'm talking about leadership in your home. If you're any type of role, we're all leaders influencing somebody. But notice what he said. When I stop seeking, notice what happened. They become dull hearted. They cease to prosper. And notice what he said. The, 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 the flock was scattered. In other words, his, the leadership influence and the leadership ability began to diminish and things were just crazy. 
Why? Why, God said. He said, they stopped seeking me. They stopped coming after me. But then he says over in 2 Chronicles 26 and 5, it speaks of King Uzziah. He sought God in the days of Zechariah who had this, who had understandings and visions and of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. Notice the difference. I said, oh God, help us. And I, I've been praying over our staff. And man, we pray. We pray every Tuesday. And see, that's why, let me just say this. That's why we have these prayer meetings. That's why we have Thursday morning business prayer meeting. Nobody's with an excuse. Thursday morning prayer meeting. Saturday night prayer meeting. You know, we, we pray as a team and a staff. Every Tuesday, we're knocking on heaven doors for, for your lives and for your families and for this city and for this ministry and us. Because I'm going to tell you, we're, 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 it's a priority that we be seeking shepherds. The only way that we can lead you is if we're seeking shepherds. The only way that you can lead your, uh, your, your family, man of God, is that you become a seeker of the presence of God. You can't lead that home. You can't raise that family. You can't provide like you need to. You've got to seek God and pursue Him. But I've come too far. And God's been too good for me to pull back Pastor Ben talked about the plow last week you remember what Jesus said he said no man is worthy of the kingdom who puts his hand on the plow and look back I'm not looking back I'm not going back as we sang earlier I serve a God says I want you to go from glory to glory faith to faith I've got more for you I, but you know what it's not going to come to being in cruise control it's not going to come just being casual it's going to come with a revelation that he's tagged me and now it's up to me to go after him. I've got to set my heart to seek him. I've got to set my soul to go after him. And see, and when I talk about those prayer meetings, you say, well, you know what? That's early in the morning. Well, you know what? I got a lot going on on Saturday. Who doesn't? But see, what I call that, that's a peculiar pursuit. It's doing a pursuit out of the norm and out of the usual. And I believe things like that get heaven's attention because that's what David did. While everybody's up in the house, you know, eating and, and drinking, having a good time, all the sons and everything, David's out in the wilderness. Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I honor you. I give you glory. He's writing music. He's writing songs. He's writing some of the stuff that we're reading today. But while everybody else is partying, everybody is doing, oh, and that's okay. There's a time for all of that. But I believe there's a peculiar pursuit that God is calling his people to that will you step out of the normal will you step out of the usual will you do something out of the box will you say yes I come to church and yes I come to Wednesday night yes I have morning devotion but maybe I'm not going to wait to January to fast I might fast this weekend I'm not going to wait till everybody else decide to pray I'm going to seek you at lunch I'm going to praise you in my car I'm going to do something out of the normal and out of the usual and when it came time to a the next king he didn't go in the house where everybody was partying he went to the one that says I found me a man after my own heart will you be a woman after his heart will you be a man after his heart will you be a teenager after his heart will you be a student after his heart will you be a father after his heart will you be a mother after his heart will you be a businessman after his heart will we be a church after his own heart give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.